human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine. And we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept! And one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon, broadcasting from Scottsdale, Arizona. And isn't it exciting that we're still here, despite what the Mayan calendar predictions said? You know, those predictions have gone the way of all those others that weren't true. We can, we can gloat now, can't we? Christmas is over, and we survived New Year's Eve, and now we're three days into 2013. I hope your holidays were wonderful and that your new year is off to a really great start. Take a look at the self-improvement blog you know, while you're at your computer so you can see the pictures of the Talbots, our guests today, and read their bio. Take a look at the book review while you're there because after you hear their story, you're most certainly going to want to read their book or all of their books. They have three. We're going to talk about those. You can also watch the video that's in the right sidebar of the blog, and I really recommend that you do that. Um, you'll get some really interesting ideas, maybe a little revolutionary, after you see their videos and look at their books. The beginning of the year is a time when many of us do a life assessment and we make plans and resolutions for the new year. You probably already made your resolutions. Some of you may have already broken your resolutions. Yeah. But we ask ourselves, what, what does my life look like? And we should sit down and reflect on it. Is it the way I want it to be? What would I really like? And how do I get there? Many of us have big, big dreams and small plans because there are so many things that hold us back. And much of what holds us back is clutter. Cluttered homes, cluttered offices, cluttered schedules, and maybe even cluttered minds. If we could just get rid of the clutter... Then what? Today we're going to talk about how to get rid of clutter and live your dreams. And we're going to be talking to two people who have done that. Betsy and Warren Talbot describe themselves this way. We are a recovering 40-something type A couple who learned that living large is not necessarily living well. We did all the typical things people do in their 20s and 30s. Climb the corporate ladder, get married, buy a house, get divorced. Climb the ladder some more, get married again. Accumulate more crap and keep repeating the process like hamsters on a wheel. That's their quote. Circumstances made them ask themselves, if we knew we wouldn't make it to our 40th birthdays, what would we do differently right now? They wanted to travel. They got rid of everything they owned and lived to tell about it. Now they carry everything they own in their backpacks. They have together authored three books, Dream, Save, Do, Stop Dreaming and Stop, Start Living, 
Strip off your fear and slip into something more confident. And men, you'll love the cover on that book, so you better take a look at it. And the, la- the, the book we reviewed for the blog is Get Rid of It. All are aimed at showing you how you can declutter your life so you can be free to live your dream. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome Warren and Betsy Talbot to the Self-Improvement Show. Warren and Betsy, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you, Irene. Um, Let's start out by letting you tell yourselves a little bit about yourselves. I love that quote. I I absolutely had to use it. Betsy, go first. What were you doing before you started this big adventure? And tell us a little bit about who you are. Well, before we started this uh, adventure, we were living lives just like most other people. We worked a lot. We had uh, corporate jobs. We had, you know, a house to maintain and a car and and all the other things that, that people accumulate in life. And we thought if we had more of that, we would be successful. What and were you doing in corporate life? What was your kind of job? I worked for a medical transcription company that um, provided voice recognition software to large hospitals. So I flew all over the country visiting hospitals and helping them implement this solution. And, uh, I mean, it was a great job, um, but I worked a lot, and so did Warren. Warren was at Microsoft, and uh, he, uh, you know, he was... We'll let Warren tell us. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I worked at, uh, I was working at Microsoft prior to leaving. I had been there for several years. I uh, did acquisitions for them. Um, it was my dream job, and it was honestly how I identified myself the most uh, in my life was through my career. At that point in my life, I thought it was the most important thing that I had. And then. <laughs> and then and, that fateful night. <laughs> and then. You know, tell us what happened to make you realize that you didn't want to do that anymore, maybe. Well, we had two things happen, and sometimes I think we just weren't smart enough the first time around to to get the lesson, so we had to have another reminder. Uh, The first thing was that my 35-year-old brother had a heart attack. Uh, Something like that, you know, at any age, of course, is shocking, but especially at such a young age, uh, really woke us up to the to the idea that life could be short. And, and then within a year, um, another a very close friend of ours who was 34 at the time had a brain aneurysm. Um, she was still in the hospital at the time while we, we ended up having a dinner with a couple. Um, and it caused us to stop and reflect on what was most important in our lives. Right. That's when we asked the question um, because all of us around the table were approaching our 40th birthdays. And, and we said, what would happen if we didn't make it to our 40th birthdays, what is the thing that we would want to change in our lives right now? And after we all went around the table and said that, we looked at each other and said, why in the heck aren't we doing it? And so for us, it was travel. And um, literally the next morning we woke up and uh, started planning out exactly how we could go. At that time, it was to take a year off of our jobs and just travel the world. And what made you think you had to get rid of everything and have nothing to come back to. I mean, that's that's how most of us would think about it. If I get rid of everything, I have nothing to come back to. That was how we felt about it day one. Um, our original day, you know, day one plan again was to travel for one year. So we were just going to keep everything. We were going to put a few things in storage and then rent out the house. Right. Our, our plan was um, 
you know, still shocking to most people at the time, but compared to what we do now, it was relatively <laughs> tame. <laughs> right. And so it was, an, it was evolutionary. I think what, what you'll find, and anybody that's, that's kind of chased a big dream, that dream evolves rather quickly, and it's organic, and it's uh, in that nature. When you go after it, you start realizing the possibilities. And so we opened up. A year became two years um, based upon how much we were saving. And two years became five years. The idea of not having a home base or any idea of wanting to come back to it became more interesting to us because life in front of us looks so open and free as a result. Well, I think a lot of it comes down to the gradual process. You begin to feel more and more free and the opportunities that you couldn't see before are now there because there's not so much clutter in the way. And that is what helps your dream go into overdrive, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but Betsy, most of us women have a tendency to want to nest. <laughs> yeah. How, how did you deal with that? It would be my, my reaction would be, oh my gosh, I have no home to, I have no home. I have no home to come to. Well, yeah. Well, first of all, I'll tell you, I'm the original nester, and I come from a long line of nesters. This this was not an easy process for me. Uh, and in the beginning, I think if you had told me I had to get rid of everything, I would have probably thrown up on your shoes. So um, for me, it was a gradual process, and the, the fact that I got used to it and I could see the benefits to it immediately as we went along made it easier to get rid of more and more things along the way. Uh, so I... I I think it's a gradual process, and as you start to see the benefits, that's when you'll be incented to continue. And it was looking at what was most important in front of us. I think that we talked about this a lot, was what's most important um, for us. We are running towards our dreams. We aren't walking away from something. And so by running towards it, it made getting rid of things what was necessary to go towards what we needed. Right, right. And along the way, did you, you know, Either one of you say, oh, my gosh, what if this is a mistake? Oh, maybe I don't want to do this. Did you have all those second guesses? Or once you made up your mind, was it barreling straight ahead? We both had, um, like in any relationship, I think, you know, and any big decision, you have moments of doubt. We did not walk into this and spend all the time we planned just blind to, you know, what we were doing. There were definitely moments where one of us would stop and say, what's going on? There might have been a breakdown or two. Uh, both of us had it. Um, but we w- neither one of us went. We, it was either or. We never went down that rabbit hole at the same time, which I think helped because we were able to talk the other one out. Oh, that's that's a good that's a good thing. Planning <laughs> <laughs> breakdowns on alternate days. <laughs> you you could uh, you could schedule those. You could even put them on a Google Calendar so they reminded you this is Warren's day, this is Betsy's day. <laughs> on that note, let's go to break. So when we come back, we can get on a roll of getting rid of the clutter. This is Irene Conlon with the Self-Improvement Show saying stay tuned. We'll be right back to hear more with Warren and Betsy Talbot. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for us at keyword World Talk Radio. Hi, this is Rochelle and Jeff from Travel Hub Radio with another Travel Hub tip. 
You're late for your flight, and there is a long line at the security checkpoint. What can you do as a traveler to improve time and efficiency and make your flight quickly? One idea is to take everything out of your pockets, such as sunglasses, cell phones, PDAs, pagers, and other metal and electronic objects. Put them in an easily accessible pocket on your carry-on luggage. If security asks you to display or operate these items, they're right there. Plus, you won't hold up the line when you have to do the walk. A metal belt buckle or a wristwatch is usually not a problem, but be aware of them and ready to remove them quickly if needed. Wear comfortable shoes that can be quickly slipped off and on if you are asked to remove them. Most of all, if the security personnel give you specific directions or ask you a question, don't argue. Just comply and cooperate. It's not personal. They're just doing their job. For traveling tips and much more, make sure you tune in to Travel Hub Radio or listen to the show archives and podcast right here on World Talk Radio and at TravelHubRadio.com. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guests Warren and Betsy Talbot. They got rid of all their stuff so they could travel. Think about that. Getting rid of everything you own so you can live the dream you've been dreaming. Um, Wow. Before we get into this segment, Warren and Betsy, tell us how people can find you on the Internet because you have such a wonderful website. I love the name. So tell us how to find you. Sure, absolutely. We are at marriedwithluggage.com, and on there you'll find links to our website, our newsletter, um, and as well as our Facebook page. And so those are the best ways to get in touch with us. So again, it's marriedwithluggage.com, and you'll see everything you possibly want to know about us and, po- and potentially a lot more. And your books are on it, so they'll be able to see your books Yep, everything is there under the R books. You'll see that as a tab as well, so you can easily um, browse through and feel free to buy um, five or ten copies for you and all your friends. <laughs> I love the title, Married with Luggage, and I keep thinking of Married with Baggage, and it's a totally different thing. But really, you should call it Married with Backpacks. <laughs> that is probably a better choice. Um, that, that name means a lot to us personally because the woman who had the brain aneurysm that kind of was the ultimate impetus for this trip. Um, we were on a, um, a journey with her about a month after her um, her aneurysm. She was still uh, blind at the time and still dealing with the effects, but she actually, when we told her our story and how she had impacted us, she came up with the name. 
And so it means a lot to us. Oh, that's beautiful. How is she now? She's great. She's amazing. She's thriving. She's uh, better than she's, you know, I think better than she's ever been. Her, uh, her wonderful hair has grown back. Her vibrant personality continues to shine. And uh, the world's a little better having her still here. Oh, it's always so wonderful to have people who are like that around in your life. Okay, so you've decided now that you're going to get rid of everything. How did you start? How did you do, How did you lo- know when you looked around at, I mean, I looked around at my house. I've done that several times since I read your book uh, and thought, where on earth would I start? <laughs> well, I think I told you before that I'm the nester of the relationship. And- I- even though we had downsized a bit as we moved um, from a, a house in the suburbs to a townhouse in the city, we still had a lot of stuff. And I wasn't anxious to get rid of it. And so Warren put us on a plan. And he said, if we want to do this in the two-year timeline we've given ourselves to save the money for this trip, we need to start getting rid of things every single week now. And it sounds like a really reasonable <clears throat> plan. And it is. But if it had been left up to me, I think I would have waited until the last minute and tried to get rid of everything in a month. Um, I would have sneaked it out to some friends' houses. (laughs) (laughs) So Warren, did you you think of that? (laughs) You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, Towards the end, we actually did have a reverse birthday party for my 39th birthday. And I invited my closest friends over to to shop amongst my most treasured items, the things that, that really had a history and a meaning for me. And it was the most beautiful birthday that I've ever had. What I thought was going to be the hardest thing to get rid of was actually the easiest because all of my things that I treasured so much went to the people that I also love so much. See, I think that's such an amazing idea. Just, I love the idea. But where did you start? When you first started, what kind of stuff did you gather up and how did did you get rid of it? What did you have garage sales? Did you, you know, what did you do? Yeah. So practically speaking, it was go through the house and find everything that we weren't using. So, you know, the things that are just sitting in the backs of closets or things that are sitting on shelves that haven't moved since you moved in. The bread um, machine. Yeah. The bread machine that, that was there. <laughs> it's just, you know, we always hoped that we would get into it, but knew that we didn't. So I went through the house and started pulling out all those things and each item went on Craigslist. Um, I became a master at selling things on Craigslist. I could write an amazing ad and get people inside our home within a day um, buying our things. Wow. It, was, it became a process. And for me, I'm a process guy. And so I needed to just create it like a factory assembly line. I need to have something in front of me. I'll write the ad and then I'll ship it out. So we took, you know, we had hundreds of books. We're big readers. Hundreds of books. Those went all at, at one time. Um, we got rid of a lot of. We took a bunch of kitchen items and put them in boxes and sold so them. So you sold them or you gave them away? Sold them. Almost everything was sold. Um, so we did not have a traditional uh, garage sale, if you will, um, until much later. Um, the beginning process was just identify things we didn't use. So go through your, you know, so go through your cabinets. Imagine your kitchen. Go through and look at everything you haven't used in six months. Take- <laughs> okay. <laughs> set of stuff that you have there. And so I would take that and I would put it in a big box and I would say, okay, I haven't used these in six months. I'm going to put this on as a, um, a starter kitchen pack and put it on the website, put it on Craigslist, and the next day someone bought it. Um, so that's a whole bunch of things. And that's how I did most of the stuff was I would package it up together. Um, you were still working at the time, weren't you? So did you do this on weekends? 
just weekends and evenings. I mean, it's not a, you know, again, it's a, it's a process over the course of two years. Okay. And, you know, you do a little bit at a time and you make progress. It doesn't feel some days like progress. You know, you get rid of one thing, but suddenly you get rid of, you know, 300 books and you've got empty bookshelves. So then you sell the bookshelves. And, now gotcha. you, and then that room becomes your staging area and you start moving things down there. And um, if you're if anyone is like me and I and I don't know if anyone is actually like me and is this twisted, but I got into it and I enjoyed it. He really did. It was it was uh... <laughs> I, I I can hear that you got a lot of satisfaction out of some of this. <laughs> yeah. The most important thing was was that every day Everything we sold was another step closer to living our dream. And that was the most important aspect uh, to me. It wasn't getting rid of stuff just to have um, freedom in the home. It was the idea that I'm going to be able to live the life of my dreams with my wife. Now, I assume that as you were getting rid of things, you were probably also pouring over maps, uh, Uh information about different places you wanted to go. I'm assuming that in these two years you were beginning to plan an itinerary of sorts or at least decide where it is you wanted to wanted to go. We actually had a giant map that we put in this staging room that Warren was talking about for all of our Craigslist items. And every day when we came into the house, when we left the house, we could see this giant map and all of the things that we were getting rid of at that ah, okay. time. So, so that's your worked- motivating factor. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it all worked together to motivate us to continue doing what we were doing and to dream about how we would be living our life, you know, six months from now, one year from now, whatever the date was, we, we knew October 1st, 2010, we were heading out. And I am a big planner. And so, yes, we spent a lot of time looking at maps and talking to people and understanding where we wanted to go and mapping out exactly what the route would look like for our um, what was originally one year and then two years and then five years. And we had it all mapped out perfectly before we left. What was the hardest thing? Betsy, for you, what was the hardest thing to let go of? Um, was there one specific thing or a, a little group of things? Uh, well, I'll, I'll say the, the thing that was hardest for me to get rid of, it sounds kind of ridiculous now when I say it, but I had a collection of hats. And I really love hats and wear them all the time. And it was hard for me to get rid of them because I felt like they were a big part of my personality. Oh, they're like family. (laughs) (laughs) So so that was the thing I think that was hardest for me. Um, But now that I look back on it, it, it's kind of silly. I mean, I, I... you know, I can have a hat out of from every country in the world if I want, I guess, as we travel. <laughs> yeah, but you can only wear one at a time. Yeah. Well, actually, it's funny. I have three in my bag right now. <laughs> cool. Warren, what about you? Was there anything that was specifically more difficult for you than other things? Mine, mine was not um, physical things. Mine was my career. and um, But getting rid of the physical things was very, very easy for me. I'm a... Um, I'm a guy that can look forward to whatever he's running towards. And so I really don't hold on to much, um, especially physical things. So it really was not an impact to me. Um, But it was hard to watch Betsy go through the process because I know how challenging it was for her. And it can be for a woman. It it really can be. I, I admire you both. How then did you decide what it was you needed to take with you and how much you could take? (laughs) <laughs> that was a it, 
it was a process through, you know, there's lots of good information out on the, on the web, but, but you basically start to understand what, what are the core things that you need. You need some pants, you need some underwear, you need some socks and shoes and shirts. That's really the extent of it. And so we knew what size backpacks we could carry. And so then it was like, how much stuff could we shove in there? Um, but I think it was a practical approach of, you know, you need three shirts, you know, a couple pairs of pants and a couple pairs of shoes. We knew what our lifestyle was going to look like, or at least we thought we did. And we started planning accordingly. Yeah, I think it's just knowing how you want to live every day and what kind of clothes you'll need to to manage that. And then bringing the kind of things that you can layer or things that do double duty. It makes you really start thinking about getting the most out of every single item that you own. But we've you got, know, I, I so, think my first okay. thought when I read about it was, what if you got to someplace like London or Paris and you wanted to go to a really fancy restaurant or to the theater? You know, Betsy, you, you'd need heels and the whole razzmatazz. You know, how do you deal with, with that sort of challenge? Well, I wasn't the type of woman to wear heels in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> My style is, is, a, is a much uh, sort of funkier style. And so I still feel like I could do any of those things with what I have. I mean, I have a nice skirt. I can pair it with a pair of tights and um, some cute Mary Janes that are also very practical walking shoes. And, and it all works. So, so I, I really don't feel like uh, that, that I'm limited in that way at all. That's exciting. If you had to recommend something for the for the listeners to get to help them decide, should they all decide they want to do this, is there a traveler's guide of some kind or a backpacking guide that says here's basically what you need? Or do we, you have that in one of your books? We actually have that on on our website. We actually have written that down, and it's also um, you know the beginning foundations of that would be in our book Dream Save Do. Um, and it would basically give you the guidance to start. But um, We also have a website that we use to track our, our budget. Um, every month we put out an expense report, and we've got a lot of uh, information there on what we've actually Take brought in with our us tips, on yeah. our travels. And, and, and I didn't see that. How would the listeners find that? So it would be at rtwexpenses.com. But the link is also on Married with Luggage. Um, everything is there, uh, kind of the one-stop shop for everything. Cool. On that note, it's time for us to go to break. This is Irene Conlon with my guests Warren and Betsy Talbot saying stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your favorite World Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Everyone has a belief system that they stand by. It's comfortable and safe. If you believe that a hot stove will burn you, you won't touch it. Sometimes beliefs like this are practical. But some belief systems may be protecting you a little too much. These are the ones that might be holding you back. There's a secret to changing your belief system. And by doing so, achieve goals and live a happier, better life. Start by tuning in to Subconscious Beliefs with Dr. Hein Lambrix, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Are you where you want to be in life? Are you experiencing the happiness that you're entitled to? How'd you like to improve your life and well-being? Take a weekly break to listen to Change Your Mind, Change Your Life with your hosts, Jim and Lynn Swearingen. You'll learn how hypnosis can truly help you rewrite the chapters of your life. 
You'll also learn to change perceptions of what hypnosis is and what it isn't. Be sure to listen every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guests, Warren and Betsy Talbot. We've been talking about how they got rid of absolutely everything they own except what they needed in a backpack to travel around the world. Warren and Betsy, you've sold all your stuff. Uh, You've planned your trip in, in the process. Tell us how you got started, where you went first, what your initial reactions were about traveling. No, how did it go? Well, it, it's gone great, of course, because we're still doing it. But uh, the the first little bit of our travel was actually pretty adventurous, more than we expected. We had done all this planning for two years to make it happen, and our date of October first, two thousand ten, had been out there forever. And then the day we decided to leave, when we thought everything had been finished and everything was complete and ready for us to live our dream, there was a political coup in the first country we were flying to. They oh. shut. They shut the airport down. Everything was, every, we couldn't get there. There was, you know, they didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Um, the president was um, supposedly uh, trying to be assassinated. It was, an, it was an experience. It was an experience for sure, and our first lesson in flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> Which country was this that you were going to go to? It this- was Ecuador, and um, we got on the flight in Seattle not knowing um, if we were going to be able to land. The, airport, the airline just said, just get on the plane. We'll take you to Miami, and then we'll see if we can get there. Um, and so we just we got on the plane with hope. That was yeah, it. we got to Miami, um, spent a few hours of our layover with a good friend who lives there. And by the time we got back to the airport, um, they said, the airport is open. If you'd like to go to Ecuador, you can. And we looked <laughs> at each other and said, should we do it or should we go somewhere else? And we just decided to go with it, um, and we did. And we're so glad that, that we jumped on and, yeah. and decided to be adventurous because we spent three glorious months in Ecuador uh, enjoying everything that that country has to offer. But it was also the the difference in our travel plans because we became flexible. We went to so our first few trips, our first few cities were fun because we went there with in the middle of a coup. We then ended up in Banos, Ecuador, the day the volcano the volcano erupted. We went to Colombia in time for their uh, worst flooding in over a hundred years. <laughs> oh my! The next city had no electricity, and the next city had no water. And so, like, our first five or six stops had these epic problems. Was (laughs) this the universe saying, we're going to just see if you like this? Is that what was going on? (laughs) See how hard we can make it, and if you still can do it, we'll clear the way. Exactly right. (laughs) That's interesting. Okay, in in those first five cities, were there any really exciting happenings you know that you can share with us how, how did you get along where the coup was going on it was not a problem um honestly i think that it was our first indication of um of media and how we 
um, we view media and take information in. I mean, arriving in Quito and then taking a two-hour trip from there, you would have never known that anything was going on. It was um, it was a big event, but it wasn't necessarily that the people there was any danger with the people or anything. Well, we also learned there are different standards in different places. Um, you know, so for instance, if we had a coup in the United States, <laughs> it would be you know a huge thing. But in South America, it actually happens on a somewhat a lot. basis. <laughs> They know how to do their coups well. <laughs> they they do well, coo- good good coups. But I think that our biggest event would have been showing up in Banos. Um, it's an ama- Banos, Ecuador is an amazing place, and the volcano was erupting, and it was about um, like a mile from where we were staying. And so ev- so every five minutes, you would hear this enormous explosion, and the windows would rattle in your place um, as the plumes of smoke from the um, an ash would fly up over you. Um, that was a, an experience that truly um, was magnificent. <laughs> yeah, th- that is that is a, a giant wonder of the world that we yeah. never uh, expected to experience in our lifetime. No, I would imagine you didn't get much sleep. <laughs> um, you get it, what's odd is it was also a good lesson in the fact that you can get used to almost anything. Um, you know, they, and the guys would come out with their brooms and they would sell brooms on the street and they would sweep off the ash and life would continue. Life continues around the world uh, amidst some really um, unexpected um, events and it doesn't change or disrupt people's lives. It just they merely learn to work within it. And that's the thing about human beings is that we are we are greatly adaptable creatures and that's both good and bad depending on what you've chosen to adapt yourself to. Exactly. How about language? How did you do with language? We did okay in South America. We, we practiced our Spanish. Um, we, we hung out with people who spoke Spanish so that we could practice. Um, and, and I think we got pretty good at it. Yeah, we did well. In, in, so we did um, South America for six months um, and just, you know, and then we took a ship from uh, essentially Antarctica to England. And um, we can almost speak um, English um, with those people <laughs> in, the, in uh, England and Scotland. Um, and so it helped while we were there. We spent a few months and then we um, headed into Europe um, in which, you know, we, that's when we started encountering new languages, you know, we, German, French, um, specifically, and uh, Dutch. And, they, you know, it's pretty easy. Europe's a really easy place to get around. Uh, if you speak English, if you're patient, um, it's really, really easy. Uh, whereas we left Germany and then flew to Thailand. And that's much more difficult. That's far more difficult. Then you're going to get into, you know, especially if you get out of the city, no one speaks English. And so um, I started learning Thai. Um, We were there for six months, so it was a good opportunity to learn Thai. But everyone's so friendly. Um, You know, you can get around a lot if you, with a smile, with patience, and with, you know, hand gestures. You can really get around the world, as, as we found. Well, one thing that we've learned is that, you know, while we did spend a lot of time and attention practicing Spanish, and we'll be doing that again this year as, as we're in, in Mexico, um, you can't learn the language of every country that you go to when you travel like we do. There just isn't enough uh, time or brain space. Uh, so what we do is we have like a list of 10 phrases yep. that we try to learn before we go into another country. You know, hello, goodbye, thank you, it's nice to meet you. Where's the bathroom? Where's the bathroom exactly? <laughs> and so that helped, and then um, and then began an epic journey that we did um, overland for six months from Thailand to Copenhagen, 
Um, and so that, you walked or did you ride buses, trains? It was buses, trains, camels, horses, and walking. That was, wow. uh, that was our, our adventure. And so it was about, um, about 15,000 miles. And so we went across China and um, Mongolia. Mongolia, Russia, and then through what was formerly the you know, Eastern Europe, um, and then spent uh, a few months in Europe um, at the end. So you know, we got the opportunity to encounter a lot of new cultures and a lot of new language, um, which teaches you constantly to just understand and be friendly um, with people without being able to talk to them. Of all the places that you've been... Now, what's your favorite? Do each of you have a different favorite, or do you have one that you share? We, um, it depends on the question, because if you say the most beautiful, for example, the most beautiful country in the world is Mongolia, and I think we'd agree on that. Really? Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's spectacular and so unspoiled. It's, but don't go, because I don't want anyone to spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that, Yeah. But the um, but I think as far as the most beautiful untouched place, it would be Antarctica. Um, it's it, it's magnificent. Um, it is just something the closeness with which you can get to nature and specifically the animals as well is unlike any place we've been. But of course, unless you're a scientist or or someone working there, you can't actually stay in Antarctica. Which, right. You know. But as far as like beautiful places, but yeah. you know, and I think that like you know, there's so many friendly people around the world. The ties. Um, the Thai people are just absolutely wonderfully accommodating and friendly and, and helpful. And, um, and it, but then I will also give a big plug to the Scots. Oh, you know? we love the Scots. Friendly, <laughs> outgoing, wonderful people. Is there a place that you visited that you really didn't like? You said, you know, let's beat feet and get out of here. Uh, it's, you hate to say it because, you know, you want to be, you want to be uh, positive about everything, but we spent three months in China, and we will say that it was challenging, not because of the cultural differences, but just it's a, it's a challenging country for us. Uh, we just didn't enjoy it. Yeah, we, and we gave it as, yeah, as many chances as we could. <laughs> Give us an idea of a couple of the challenges that were difficult. The, um, uh, they're not a particularly warm – they weren't particularly warm towards us, I, wouldn't, I would say. It was a were, chal- they, were they afraid, or were they just – yeah, not they're not used to seeing that many people from. No, it wasn't that. I think there were there were a couple problems. One, when we arrived in Beijing, they had just begun a foreigner crackdown. There were some problems. Wow. They were cracking down on foreigners, and so there was this backlash against foreigners. I think as a result of that, um, I also you know believe that there's an aspect of it's a nation now of only children, and so one of the aspects there's a lot of me first. Um, attitude, and that was hard to get used to. Um, and it, it sounds so hypercritical, and it, you know, but that was our experience, and that's how we felt, honestly, through the. Through I the think time. it was also the fact that we had come there after spending six months in Thailand. Uh, Thailand is filled with the most beautiful, giving, friendly people that you will ever meet, and so going from that to China, I think, was a was a drastic change for us, and we might have had a different attitude about it had we you know, come from a different place before. You know, what about, what about the food in the places that you went? You know, where, where did you find the food 
the best. Oh. Thailand. Yeah. Out of doubt, Thailand. Um, fresh, wonderful, fantastic food from every street vendor, every restaurant, every place you want to go, people's homes. It just, there's, there's no place that we had a bad food, a bad um, meal, meal in, in Thailand. And we were there for six months. So, so will, that says yeah. a lot. <laughs> but I will say that, you know, the one thing that we were introduced to um, on our travels was fresh food. Um, every place has so much more access, so much better access to fresh food. So you're always eating um, wonderfully. Like the eggs taste better, the chicken tastes better, the the lettuce tastes better. It's just it was amazing the difference that we got. I agree. I wonder That's- if it's because they're not processed with chemicals and all of that. That That's we exactly eat. right. Yeah. 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 You said something about in people's homes. Were you invited into homes? Um, you know, often or. Yeah. yeah, quite a bit. In almost every country, we spent time in homes, either staying in the homes uh, for extended periods of time or just being invited in for dinner. Yeah. Did you know people in these countries ahead of time or did you meet them after you got there and they said, come on over? Uh, both, actually. Because of our website, we meet people all over the world. Um, but we also go out of our way to make friends in our travels. And because we stay long periods of time in places, we, we generally do make friends. It sounds wonderful. And on that note, we're going to go to break. So stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to hear more from Warren and Betsy Talbot. Your favorite World Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at World Talk Radio and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guests Warren and Betsy Talbot. We've been talking about how they sold everything they owned except what they could put in their backpacks and they've traveled the world. We've been talking about how they got rid of everything and then we've been really immersed in some of their wonderful travels. 
Um, and we're going to get to hear a little bit more of that. Um, we talked about your favorite place, which was Thailand, and your least favorite place. What have you learned from these travels about yourselves and about you know other members of the human race who are in different parts of the planet? Well, I think I've learned to be more patient. I was a and um, less planned, um, as you may have learned from me in the early part of this interview. I am a planner. I like to plan out my my days, my weeks, my months. I like to plan out my career. I like to plan out my life. This trip has taught me to be completely flexible and to embrace each day uh, and the possibilities that may come. Our entire trip is made up on the fly. We usually make it up um, a few weeks in advance, if that. We've, also, we've often gotten on the train and not known where we were going to get off and stay that night. And one of you will say, oh, that sounds like a nice place. <laughs> yeah. Or someone on the train. Usually what will happen is someone on the train, the boat, um, whatever, will say, you should go here. And we say, okay. And our entire trip has been made up that way, um, and it has been absolutely wonderful. And it's taught me the importance of embracing the moment and not being scared to change. Wow, that's a big lesson. Betsy, what about you? Well, I've, I've learned some lessons as well, but first I do want to address the, the other side of your question, which is what we've noticed about people. And, and what we've noticed is that people are essentially the same around the world. They all want the same things. They want to be happy. They want to be safe. They, they want to be with people that they love. And that has been an amazing discovery for us because it, it makes you feel closer to the entire world. Yeah. You know, we're all the same. Um, but for me personally, I have learned that I am a lot stronger than I thought I was. Oh, and wonderful lesson. I, when I want to, to attempt something, it's no longer, oh, well, I can't do that because of X, Y, and Z. It's, you know, I think I can make that happen. And whether it's a really tough hike, a physical challenge, a creative pursuit like writing a book, um, you know, it, it's no coincidence that we were able to put three books out in the last few years where I struggled to write even one book in the 10 years prior. Let's talk about that. You have three books. You, you've done, have you done all three of them while you were doing your traveling? Yes. Yes. How do you how do you work that in? When do you uh -huh. write? Well, I write every day. Um, I carry a moleskin notebook. So does Warren, and we keep notes and ideas all the time. And we write every day. Um, we also have over five hundred articles on the Married with Luggage website uh, on personal growth topics. So so we are accustomed to writing and and examining our experiences every day, which is a good habit to get into. Okay. Do you have a computer with you? Oh yeah. We do. We each have. Yeah. A Okay. And so the idea was was that um, while we were at, we always wanted to share not just our story, but to teach other people how they could go after their dreams. People may not, people may be listening to this, and they may not ever want to travel. They may not want to sell everything and do what we do. But I can guarantee you, they have a dream. They may want to start a business. They may want to learn a new language. They may want to uh, find their perfect mate. Um, whatever their dream is, um, we thought that we could tell our story and teach people how to go after those dreams. And by getting rid of your things, saving money, and focusing on the confidence that you can build in your life, you have that opportunity to go after your dreams. So, so that's what our books are about, and we share our, um, our stories and our message uh, through both our books and our website. Yeah, I Which one was your first book? What did you write first? We wrote Dream Save Do as our first book, and it, I'll let you tell. Uh, it's an action plan for dreamers. It's basically um, deciding what you want to do, putting a price tag on it, and developing the plan around making it happen, both financially 
and emotionally. I'll have to see that we have that book in our house. (laughs) (laughs) We will make sure that you do. And then you wrote, uh, what, Strip Off Your Fear? Was that your second or your last? No, we wrote Getting getting Rid of It. Um, After we were writing, while we were writing uh, Dream Save Do, um, we kept getting the question of how could you get rid of everything? How did you get rid of everything? Um, You know, so it was this, we wanted to actually write it as a, as a guide to help people. We think that um, inspiring people is, is one aspect, but you also have to give actions uh, so you can, that people can take them. So that was our goal with getting rid of it, was to provide actions for actually taking that step to declutter your life. You know, I have to say this about getting rid of it or get rid of it. You know, it sounds like a book that would be really boring and full of lists and do's and don'ts and all of this, but it's not. It's a fun read. I read half of it at one sitting because I had to see what on earth you did next. And, and I was so identifying with it as I looked around at all the stuff I've got stashed everywhere. I'm thinking, well, I need to see how they got rid of this. And, and I just kept going on. It's an interesting book to read. And, and, and I know that you both write well and, and it's, it's um, actually you're writing about things that we all share. I, yeah, and that's kind of the goal. Um, since you like the book so much, you're going to like we're coming out with a video series. Um, we think it'll come out next week. And that video series will actually document how I walked into someone else's garage um, that was, well, let's say it was um, less than clutter free. I'll say that in the nicest <laughs> way. Um, and I took it from that to where they could park their cars in it um, and created the uh, space that they could actually work within. And I'll take you through the process step by step in a five-part video series. Oh, that sounds good. Is this going to be for sale or on YouTube or on your website? How are people going to get that? You're going to get that on our website. Um, but the best way to get it is to sign up for our newsletter. Um, that's where we will announce it first and we'll provide the links and pe- you'll get the heads up. So our newsletter sign up is directly on our page. If you scroll down to the bottom, um, you'll see a little pop-up that comes up and it will let you sign up for the newsletter. That's the best way to start. Exactly. Because on the newsletter, it's free. Yes. <laughs> MarriedWithLuggage.com. Right. Correct. That's where you can get everything you need. Okay, let's talk about what's life like for you now and what's next. Well, right now we're uh, we're house uh, we're we've just finished up a house sit in Austin, Texas, and we are getting ready to head to Mexico. We'll be there for about six months as we work on our next book, learn some Spanish, and finally, 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 learn how to play the Spanish guitar. <laughs> oh, lovely! Where do you start in Mexico? We are going to Guanajuato, Mexico, which is uh, northwest of Mexico, Mexico City. City. And we have rented a house there for six months, and we uh, are actually (laughs) hosting a little writer's commune. We have lots of writer friends who will be coming to join us over the months, work and play and, and, you know, just enjoy life. Sounds wonderful. Yes, yes. And then later in the year, we're actually going to hike the coast, the Lycian Way, which is along the coast of Turkey. It's It's a 300-mile hike. Um, It should take us about six weeks, we think. Um, it's a rather Wonderful. challenging hike. And so every year we like to um, stop and immerse ourselves in a culture as well as one major physical task and, and event. And this will, be, uh, this will be a big one for us, and we're pretty excited about it. 
I have to say, when you look at your before and after pictures, the two of you really have changed in the way you look. And it's, it's, I mean, you look like pictures of health now, and uh, it, it's kind of it's kind of fun to to see you. So then, when you decide you've traveled enough, what do you see yourselves doing? I I actually don't know this term enough that you speak of. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, what what about you, Warren? I think that for, you know, that whole living in the moment thing has changed my perspective. We don't have plans. We don't know what the future holds. Um neither one of us want to settle back down right now. Um we're loving what we do, and so there are no plans for the future. We truly are embracing the moment and open to all possibilities that that may lead to. But I will say that our, our style has changed in that we, I, I wouldn't call us necessarily travelers all the time now. I think we're short-term residents of other countries. Yeah. And we like to stay somewhere for, for a few months at a time and really get to know the place. And and so I see our travels um you know, morphing into that more in the future to where we're just short-term residents. Yeah, we may travel for three to six months a year um, and then stop in a country we fall in love with and stay there and then um, pick up again. How good is that? So I suppose I don't need to ask you the question, would you do it again? (laughs) (laughs) And we're right at the end of our show, guys. So let me ask you this. What's the thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today? What do you want them to know? I would like them to know that their dreams are within reach and that thinking about them as some far off thing is is the way that you're never going to have them happen. When you start putting it into your everyday, you will see more of your dreams come to life than you ever imagined. Yeah. Just take a just take small steps towards that dream each and every day and you'll be surprised at the progress you make. What wonderful advice. Next week's guest is Michael Lawrence, who's going to be talking about self-esteem, especially self-esteem for teenage girls. Well, I don't even know what to say, Warren and Betsy. It's been so wonderful having you here. Um, I can't wait to read your other books and keep up with you on the road. When you get to a place that you think is really exciting, let me know. We'll talk to you from there. That sounds (laughs) great, Irene. Thank you very much. (laughs) All right. This is Irene Conlon. Saying with Warren and Betsy Talbot, thank you for being with us today. Come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.